welcome to another episode of Stargirl Podcast. This is Lissy, and I am not here with Angie. Angie couldn't be here this week, so we asked our friend Lyra, who podcasts with us on Superman and Lois Radio, to step in for the week to replace Angie. So she is going to try to do the Angie voice. No, I'm kidding. Don't, don't do it. Uh, she's just going to talk to me about... Stargirl Season 2, Episode 7, which is with the beautiful titles that we've got in this season, Summer School, Chapter 7. Um, and this episode is all about Yolanda, which is why I think it's very fitting that Lyra's here with me, because uh, we are going to go into probably a little more than we normally would into the cultural aspect of why Yolanda has been reacting the way she's reacted. Um so I'm going to pick Lyra's brain because despite the fact that we are both Latinas, I think we disagree on a bunch of things about this episode. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be fun, starting with the fact that I think Lyra liked the kid and the scary things. Did you? The kid? The little blonde kid? Yes. Look, 911? Yes, how can I help you? Um, There is a little blonde child outside laughing maniacally. Um, okay, ma'am, we'll send the police, the FBI, um, everybody over to assess this danger. Because that's danger. Right? Like, and I also, like, feel like in every scary movie, not that I've watched as many as Lyra, probably, but, like, in every scary movie, there's a kid like that. Like, there are a lot of scary movies with that stereotype of kids. So if I saw a kid that age, like, blonde like that, and like that, it's the haircut, too. I would be like, run away. Why did Yolanda approach the kid? I I don't know. These are the the questions that we ask when we watch scary movies. And I was like, Yolanda, don't. And then she did. She's like, here, here's the blue raspberry lollipop. And he's like, yum. And then he was eating it as he looked at bad. No, he wasn't even, like, licking it. He was crunching it. He's a monster. Like. I mean, he is a monster. Um, but I want to really go into the part that I think we disagree. What do you think happened with Yolanda? Like, what do you think this whole episode was about? Was it in her head? Was it brainwave? Or was it Eclipso? Or was it a combination of all of those three? Go. Um, I, I think Eclipso's influence definitely is something to think about, but she's been having these headaches for a while. And Brainwave is a master manipulator. He's got powers, you know. Um, so I was like, you know what? She's going to get possessed. He went and he imprinted his mind in her in some freaking way because that's what some that's what I would do if I was an evil supervillain with like brain powers. Um, so I personally hope that she is really possessed by brainwave and that it happens because angst. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, unless Yolanda was able to lift herself in the air. Um, and give herself these headaches or Eclipso was around longer than expected, like yeah. I mean, you I never know. Uh, I actually don't think uh, Brainwave has anything to do with it. Or he does in the sense that she's been carrying this PTSD and then she, yes, she was having headaches and she was um, feeling like the weight of what she did long before Eclipso. 
um, well, long before Eclipse took human form, because Eclipse had been in Blue Valley before uh, from last season. Um, so we can't really say before Eclipse, but. But he was in a magic box. But before Eclipse took human form. Yeah, but as the in the diamond, he was still doing damage. He was using uh, your Bay Cindy to do it, but he was still doing damage. Which so, is the real problem here. I wasn't here in the last episode, but where's the Cindy content? She ain't dead. I don't believe it. She oh, no. Got- Absolutely yeah. not that. Not the kind of character you kill off that like that. Um, Cindy will be back. Uh, but Thanks. back to Yolanda. I don't think um, this... Like, maybe if Brainwave had known he was going to die or was the kind of guy to even consider kids could beat him, he might have had a, a plan or a contingency for that. But he was like on cloud nine. And like he, what would he be planning that maybe these 15 year olds were gonna beat him? That I, mean, I don't think he needed like time and time and time. I think he's the kind of person that would think about that. In a moment where somebody might defeat me, how can I survive? I don't think it took that long to imprint on her. I mean, we saw Jacob do it on Twilight, imprinting on people. It can happen in 2.5 seconds. As Lyra's reference makes clear, we did not actually see it. We don't know what happened on Twilight. We just heard that reference. Neither of us actually knows, by the way. Um, But I just, I mean, I think... That's a distinct possibility that cannot be like we had to discuss it. I just don't think it's that or at least I don't think it's mostly that because first because she saw Henry Jr. And then because creepy kid was there before things got worse. Like Yolanda saw creepy kid. We need to what's the name of like a kid from a scary movie. So we need a name for him. (laughs) Is that a creepy kid name? Mm -hmm. Okay. So Aiden who draws stuff and you're like, what did you draw, Aiden? That thing that stands behind you in the kitchen while you're washing dishes? <laughs> okay, we're calling the kid Aiden. Okay. So creepy Aiden uh showed up and then things got progressively worse for Yolanda. And then he was there at the end of the episode just staring at Beth's house, like, hey, you next. Which yeah. is probably it's gonna happen except so that means it was eclipso or at least in a large part what happened was influenced by eclipso um if there is a level of um brainwave left something uh in yolanda that made it worse um it is a possibility but i actually would like it if it were not that if it were just her ptsd at the beginning of the season because she feels guilty for taking a life. And then this might seem silly, but like as someone who's grown up in religion, um, it's actually very hard. Like Lyra and I were talking about this before. And I, I think as adults, it's really easy to separate yourself from the expectations maybe your parents or an entire culture place on you. Uh, but Yolanda is a teenager um, and her mom is the actual worst. Uh, we already knew this, but it was mm-hmm. hanging up on people. I hope she gets like haunted by Aiden. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, no, it's just hanging out a bit. What she told Courtney, uh, and I understand Yolanda was mad at Courtney, but Courtney was the only person who was there for Yolanda when her mom wasn't. Mm-hmm. So her mom was really out of line to come with that uh, and come for Courtney, who was there. And then, also, like, I know, I, I find it super weird that Lara is the only one not cashing the, this could possibly be a ship vibes, because did you see how many times Courtney called? Did you? Yes, but as we've learned in the CW, um, you know, gays don't be like that. Like, friendship. I mean, yes, this, this could just be friendship. But, like, again, I, I don't think I've seen people sort of catch, look at the vibes and say, hey, this could be more. And um, I, I think the same thing about Courtney and Yolanda that I think about Rick and Beth. It could just be friendship. But if they wanted to write it towards something more, it could be that. Yeah. As, as it stands, it is friendship, I think. And, it is friendship. for everything. As a, as a queer person with a very fantastic gay daughter for anything and everything, I don't see it between them, Yolanda and Courtney. I don't. I see it as young women who are trying to figure out their lives um, and friendship. I mean, Anything can happen. It could transform. Friendship grows into many fantastic, wonderful things. Um, sometimes it just is friendship and that's okay. But if you see yourself in their relationship and you relate to it and you see something queer in it, um, you do you. Like, I feel like everybody's going to see something different. I don't see anything between them besides friendship. And I really like it because we need strong relationships like that. And I was thinking, like... If we had a falling out and I was trying to reach you, I would call you a bajillion times. Like, I'd be like, uh, <laughs> respond. Right. I mean, yeah, I'm not saying it's out of the realm of friendship. I'm just saying that it's totally valid if people see it a different way because Absolutely. it is unfair of people to be like, there's a vibe between Rick and Beth, but Joanna and Courtney is just friendship. No, the same vibe exists. Like, you could take both relationships um, and consider them romantic, or you could take both relationships and think, this is just friendship and it's going to stay that way. We don't know where the writing is going. Um, I mean, even with Beth and Rick, I, I, I don't see that either. I see, yeah. I mean, it's just, the thing with them is that Beth has been a character that has been sort of on the outskirts of even the friend group. And mm-hmm. Rick has been sort of the one pulling her in, especially mm-hmm. this season. He's I think, been- yeah, they're building relationships, like in different interpersonal relationships within the group, which is, which is essential for the group as a whole. Um, right. Yeah. Right. I, I, and I agree, and that that could just be because they want all four of them to be friends, or it could be because next season or in the season after, maybe they want to build something more. Maybe, yeah. And right. being old Beth, <sighs> I, I, look, first season one, I hated her. I was like, why are you the way you are? Season two, I'm just sad for her. I don't even hate her anymore. Like, but like, I don't mean this in a mean way, but she is really useless. And I want her to get more training. I want her to have more confidence in herself because I think she can do great things. And I think she's an essential part of the team. Um, but I just want like the show to 
I don't know, to give her more than just, like, the parent drama, which happens. Teens really go through that. But, like, you know, I I, I think they should definitely maybe um, give her an episode that's a little bit centric for her where she learns to, like, be a little bit more confident in herself. But I know it's also a journey that can happen over time. But if Yolanda got her own episode, maybe Beth can get her own. I'm pretty sure the next episode is going to be Beth-centric, considering Creepy Aiden staring at her and everything they've been setting up. Um, and presumably, if next episode is going to be Beth-centric, probably the one after that is finally going to go into the Rick and Grundy mess. Because, I mean, what is it? Are you still feeding him? Where are you getting the money to feed him? He eats a lot. I know, He's- but the trailer, the, the I think the trailer, the next one is Grundy. Oh, I didn't watch the trailer. The next one is Grundy and Rick. So maybe okay. they'll do some time with Grundy and Rick. And, and then, then maybe they'll also, like, do some time with Beth as oh, they're trying I mean, to figure yeah, things they out. Might, they might do both at Rick and Beth at the same time. They have done that. Um, they did that in season one. Yolanda got her own episode, but um, the introductions of Beth and Rick happened more or less at the same time. Um mm-hmm. It could happen, like, maybe the, the season is only 13 episodes. They're more than halfway through. They're, they're trying. Yeah, because Rick's going to definitely be like, oh, Yolanda talked about her secret. I need to talk about my secret. Um, I mean, but th- is it a secret? Like, this episode made me think that they all know. I mean, I thought they all knew. I was like, why is Yolanda, like... She's, like, angsting a lot over this. And I know I was angsting because, you know death of someone i get it but i was like why is she angsting so hard and then she told the group and i was like wait i thought they knew like right i mean they 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 made it seem at the end of last season that perhaps they knew um but then they painted it as they only thought she was struggling because he died which i mean at the i admit at the end of season one i would have thought everyone knew um, but it is true that the only one who was there was Courtney. Um, and it also, it's also very Courtney to just think that she's got to keep these, the secret for her best friend. And Yolanda's clearly Courtney's best friend. Also, um, Courtney got something coming for her. Because she's, like, always telling um, Pat, are you keeping anything from me? Then you go and you keep this big secret. Oh, I didn't think it was my secret to tell. Mm, you got some lessons coming for you, girl, about secrets. Right. But I, I actually really like that because despite the, 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 the emphasis they put on secrets, when she when they find this out and when the secret comes out, there's no... Uh, like, Pat Dugan hasn't been shown to be the kind of parent who's, like, mad or, like, you should... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't think it's going to be, like, like they're going to get mad, but I think her parents are definitely keeping things from her. And it's not because they're trying to, like, hide or something like that. They're trying to protect her. And I think in many ways, whatever secret they're holding, it is also not their secret in a way to tell. And, you know, they're parents. And I think she's going to come to an understanding that... Yes, she is a hero, but these are her parents. And they have as much involvement and as much choice in the things that happen in her life. Right. I, I, I do think something about secrets is it's coming up and um they are they are clearly keeping something. But like it's it's hard 
like I think as an adult, it's like you said, it's hard to judge uh, Pat and Barbara at all. I'm like, yes, keep the secrets, keep keep the kids safe. Whatever mm -hmm. you gotta do, Pat, I fully support you, Pat, and you, Barbara. Um, even though they they're like in a hard position, they're they're trying to keep secrets and then uh, do the best they can. And Barbara has to lie about icicle to the board to get like them to agree with her on doing something good. Mm -hmm. um, and then she's looking at the picture of him and he's a villain. So so they're all having to keep these lies going to sort of do good. Mm -hmm. um, that's hard. And then they, I I really like what they've done with Mike too. At a moment at the end when he was like, I didn't mean to kill Icicle. And we know he didn't mean to. He said it before the season. But it was important that in the context of the family unit, they've been giving Mike his moment. Um, mm -hmm to just say his piece because he's part of the family. Yeah, I mean, and I kept thinking too, like the difference between how Mike is going through it and how Yolanda is going through it, because in a way they both killed somebody, but Yolanda, she's, um, that thing is weighing on her. Right, but like it, it's probably, we can talk about the cultural aspect of it. Um, Mike is clearly, first of all, a kid who's got, actual good parents mm -hmm. okay who support him and who are there and even if they've done things that haven't been like even if they haven't paid as much attention as he might need mike has a family unit that he knows cares about him okay yeah um, he's got a dad that cares he's got barbara who's like become like his mom and he's got courtney who went out there to save them like yeah. he knows he's got people um and that when, when you feel secure in the fact that no matter what bad things you do, people are still going to love you, um, I think that that makes it easier. I don't think Yolanda has that security at all. And like, and a part of it is that she she sort of probably feels like she was proven right because Beth couldn't give her the absolution she wanted in the moment. And I was, it, it is a little bit in character for Beth, but I was upset because yeah, I was like, Beth, girl, do no, you know? didn't you just want to get revenge for Dr. Midnight like two seconds ago? And now you are like, oh, I don't know. But okay. like, even if you don't know, this is a moment where you don't say it. Keep it inside. Keep it inside. Be like Rick, who probably like, he was like, I would have killed them too. And we know he's alive. He didn't. We know when Rick says, "I would have killed him too without blinking." It's a lie because he didn't kill Grundy, the thing that killed his parents. So um, it, it's a little doubtful that Rick would have like just killed him so easily. At least, not that they're not capable of doing it. It's just that Rick is painting it as, "Oh, I would have not hesitated." No, Rick, you hesitated in your own. Um, you hesitated big time. Right. No, no, not just that. You're just feeding the the thing that murdered your parents now. Like, literally, like, he's your pet. You're feeding him 12 burgers. That's not good for his cholesterol, even if he's a big monster. Maybe that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to slow, slow death. <laughs> slow death. Um, but, yeah, um, that was the kind of uh, when... Courtney was like, we can face this together. I was like, oh my God, this is going to go bad. Because Courtney is loyalty above everything. Like, I never thought Courtney was going to judge Yolanda at all. That's not Courtney. 
Cornell's going to be like, whatever you do, you want to kill someone, I will stand next to you and like help you carry the body. Um, and Rick is very much the same way. But Beth is very much more analytical. Mm-hmm. So she's overthinking things in her head and she cannot control her reaction. Um, that's not what Yolanda needed in the moment. Yeah. So yeah. Hopefully Beth will have a moment where she's like, I totally wanted to get revenge and kill this person because Chuck is no longer around or the version of Chuck that she needs in her life. Like, she needs some perspective, too. Right. I agree. They they all got different journeys, and what Beth needs is some perspective. What Yolanda needs is a decent family. She's probably not going to get that. Because her mom and her family and everyone, they've uh, sort of made her. The thing is that she has not for the past year and a half, whatever, fulfill their expectations. And now they're blaming everyone. Like, they, they judged her when she sent those pictures to Henry. They judged her instead of Henry. Mm-hmm. Or wh- whatever way the, the pictures got leaked. The one who got the judgment from her family, the one who got the... the How dare you represent our family in this manner? Instead of how dare you be violated when you were trusting somebody and sharing something personal. Right. And then it it is the worst kind of representation for Latinos. Um, And yet I know so many people would have said the same thing about pictures. I know so Mm -hmm. many. I know. In fact, I know most people about her mother's age would have said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was mad too. The the whole thing in the church, the way she talked to Yolanda, in in front of another adult, that means that she has zero respect for Yolanda because in front of another adult she acted like that. And if it wasn't that he was somebody from the church, she would have kept going. She would have been like, "It's none of your business." But because she respects him and because religion is so important, which is another aspect of this episode. Like, I don't get it. I don't get Yolanda being like, God's going to judge me. And, like, her basically having this moment in in the episode. And I, I know we talked a conversation earlier about, um, like, before the podcast about it being age. When I was 16, I stopped believing in God. I made a decision. And I was like, you know what? You're not doing anything for me. I'm going to do it for me. And I stopped. And I feel like like, I'm still like understanding of the like the Latinidad that is so wrapped up in religion and guilt and all these other things. But like it's it's a a person in the sky like you're eh. I don't know, she's believing in some dude in the sky and I don't believe that anymore, but I respect people that do believe it. But she is torturing herself because of a guy in the sky that she believes that is going to judge her. And I'm like, I'm going to be real honest, though. The episode frames it as a religion thing and Yolanda herself frames it as a religion thing. I don't think it's actually a religion thing. It's just what she's saying and what she's portraying or what she wants to believe it is. Yeah. Because the, the priest tells her, um, tells the mom, what your daughter needs right now is love and support. And she's yeah. had enough judgment. 
So that's basically what the priest is the voice of the church in this episode, whatever. That's what the priest is saying. And if that's what the priest is saying, Yolanda should really be able to get out of that, that God would not be judging her. The God she believes in. But Yolanda cannot get that out of what the priest is saying because her mother is judging her. So Yolanda is just making it all about God when I think the problem is her family. Yeah. So she's making it all like, God is going to judge me. But make, what, what I think is really behind that is my family is judging me. My yeah. family will hate me and I will lose everything. But the thing is, what did she have? Like, if you family only loves you when you uh, are the thing they want you to be or behave the way they think is good, they don't love you. But that's such a hard thing for a kid to understand that your family could possibly not love you. Yeah, and I mean, one of the reasons why I haven't been like, religion is dumb as dirt, let me just, ugh. Um, I don't believe. But I do understand that for some people, it gives them hope. It gives them something that gets them up in the morning and keeps them believing. So I'm like, if you if if that gets you going, and as long as you don't go on some crazy crusade to try to make people be like you, um, with your sky god, um, you do you. Like, I feel like in a way that she. Yolanda really is holding on to this idea of God judging her because she feels like in a way she has nobody else and that's the only person that she can depend on or the only person she like has to do good for like 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 I feel like it's a replacement for a lot of things and in in a in a teenager way she's like you know Courtney's busy with a boy and I'm all alone and my friends don't get me and you're like teenager teenager angst but, but it's she's real but she's turning it inside. Like, I, I feel like she thinks God would judge her because she's judging herself. Just as she thinks her friends don't care because she's, like, it's all inside. Her self-loading and her guilt are turning outside. And that's what makes everything seem more like an eclipse thing. Um, yeah. Because though it's real and her feelings are real, it, they do feel like they're being magnified by Eclipso. And this is exactly yeah. what he does. Um, what yeah. happens said he does he makes it all worse and then we know she in this episode saw things that weren't there henry jr wasn't there like even if you want to believe that brainwave actually what if it's something altogether though you said magnify what if there is a part of brainwave that is in her and because aiden is a little troublemaker you want to destroy these people you want to get them. You want to, like, honestly, if I wanted to destroy somebody from the inside and I was Eclipso Aiden, I would magnify that piece inside of Yolanda that's brainwave. Even if it was the smallest trickle and it is no longer brainwave, I would do it to a point where it would take over Yolanda and then that would be, ah, oh, angst, man. Yolanda and Courtney and Courtney, like, it's, it's you. Like, come back. And, like, angst, angst, angst. Um, just- Yes. Another, I really don't want it to be brainwave. I, 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 another thing that um I think this episode doesn't like, he hints at it, but like it doesn't really go into it as much. I think a lot of Yolanda's guilt 
is due to the fact that she enjoyed killing Brainwave. She oh. enjoyed watching him die. There was an enjoyment in there. And that doesn't make her like an evil, bad person. That makes her someone that was on the edge. And I mean, we don't know what we would do if we had like all these things putting down upon us. And like when she had that moment in last season when she was watching him, like a part of her enjoyed it. And I think she's torturing herself because of that. That that is a very astute observation. Like I don't I don't know if the word that we use is enjoyed it, but she did not feel probably her first feeling was not oh I killed someone that's bad, and now she's torturing herself because she feels like she should have felt bad about killing him, even though yeah. he was a bad guy who was objectively about to kill her. Um, yeah. So it, it's it's this episode. It's like we've had a long and complicated conversation and there is not an answer in this conversation, but I do think it's good that a superhero show is touching on upon matters of not necessarily matters of religion, but matters of what make these characters who they are. Um, yeah. It's part of Yolanda, um, just as her bad family is part of Yolanda and just as her friends who uh, don't always, and then your friends don't always react the way you need them. Mm-hmm. Um, your friends are not always, um, then Yolanda doesn't like if her friends had given her absolution would she have felt better like the absolution doesn't have to come from outside it has to come from inside she has to uh, feel good or or like come to peace at least with what she had to do and she had to do it yeah Um, and the reality is she might have to do it again and that doesn't make her a bad guy. It doesn't make her like the others that are like killing people. Like that's why I I, I've, I love Batman. Batman is one of my favorite superheroes. But like putting people in Arkham and then they just escape and then kill more people and kill more people. And I know we have a justice system, but like sometimes they cross the line. And I'm like, if he's six feet under um so who's gonna enslave like the entire world like yolanda's still thinking like she's not thinking big picture enough yeah, like, yeah. What are we about to do she saved the world yeah 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 I was but the it's one that the kids are thinking about this because they're, they're kids and i like other i don't know I, i'm thinking about other shows that i've watched in this age range i don't know if they've stuck so heavy to this because it, it's it's a real thing, like you know, it, it's some people deserved, you know, um, a brainwave got, but like, right. And I I do think part of it is also Yolanda coming to terms with the idea because I think even from the beginning, because her shame before was the pictures, which wasn't on her. So I, in a way, it's almost better than her shame now is something she did than the mess with the pictures, which wasn't on her. Uh, but she's never felt like she was worthy of being wildcat. Like she always felt like Courtney made a wrong decision. Like she she always felt like she wasn't worthy. And I think part of it is that she's gonna realize that. Um, I thought we were over that though. Like I feel like it came out of nowhere because she's trying to like she's trying to push her friends away because she's trying to like be before. But they- has she ever felt worthy? Like I don't think we ever saw her really get there. It was just something she pushed aside and kept doing the thing. And then when this happens, it just comes back. And I was like, you know what? 
I actually was never worthy. Like, because brains are mean like that. They bring up something from like 10 years ago. And they're like, remember how you sucked at this and you were really bad? And you're like, no, I forgot it. And that's like brains are like that. So um, I'm just, I I think Yolanda's brain is like. uh, She's trying to find like somebody to blame, but she's also trying to find like things are bad now. Maybe things will be different if they were the way that they were before Courtney came and like upended my world. But in no way, Courtney also did amazing things like to change your life. Um, but like she's picking one pain over another and separating herself from everybody. Um I mean, and I'm thinking, like, what happens now? What Uh, can bring her back? I mean... Where do they go from here? I mean, we go towards uh, another problem, probably, right away. Rick and Beth and their issues. Um, But then that's... There's a seven. That's eight. Eight is Rick and Beth and their issues. And now that I think about it, probably both of their issues, because nine is Jake Eric. And we are having Jake Eric from The Flash come into oh. episode nine so i assume that things are gonna get re- on that we still haven't seen joe McHale again and i know joe McHale and starman who men formerly known as starman is gonna pop up the moment i least expect it and want him to well maybe not the moment i least want him to because i will never want him to yeah i never want him to but he's gonna pop up um so in a, in, in a way i'm like they solve some things, and I, I do think it's clear that the problem, the big problem, is Eclipso. And that's what they're going to focus on. Um, but the shade is the shade dead. The shade is as dead as Cindy, so not dead. And then they were like, were there like little pieces of the shade? Was that what Barbara was seeing? What was Barbara? that? Barbara. Okay, why did you touch that? Have we learned nothing? Nothing. No one in this show has watched a scary movie. First of all. Uh, Barbara touching that, and then Yolanda going near creepy Aiden. Do you know Latinos are always the first to die in scary movies? Have you not watched a scary movie? They always kill the Latino first. So don't go near the creepy kid. I thought she was gonna take like 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 Barb was gonna take a pen and like poke at it because that's what I would do. And then I would take out the plastic baggie I always keep in my pocket because X Files taught me things. (laughs) And then I would put it in there and be like, send this to analysis. We don't have analysis, Barb. Send it to analysis. <laughs> um. Um, but yeah, she she should have done something other than touch it. Um, but I think it's clear. Uh, things like Mike touching things. <sighs> right, like oh, these that family this curious, dangerous thing that held like a really dark demonic force. Let me touch it. Ooh, look, they like getting closer to each other. Let me touch it more. <sighs> in, yeah, in what, like, brain? What? The, the Dugan family winning. God. Uh, and uh, we haven't talked about the best thing that happened this episode. The staff is fine. Okay? I was really worried about the staff, okay? I thought the staff was dead. I mean, the staff isn't completely fun. The staff is, like, enough juice to, like, help Yolanda out. But the um, staff is alive, and I thought the staff was dead. So the staff being alive means a lot to me, 
even if Starman or the artist formerly known as Starman is coming back to try to get his staff and we are not giving the staff up. Okay, Joe Michael? Okay? Dude, I was thinking like the staff, it's definitely going to pick Courtney, right? No, it's oh, not. If- it's going to pick Starman. You know what? Because in the first episode of this season, Courtney has a thing where she tells the staff, at least you always pick me or something like that. So mm-hmm. no. Who is she without the staff? Is she Star Girl? Can she still be the leader? Yeah. Angst, angst, angst. God. Um, I mean, I think that's that. I think uh, there's a question Jolanda asked at the beginning of the episode. She asked uh, the priest, is the devil real? Um, Which is a loaded question to ask in confession. Okay, priests are not like qualified for these type of questions. Priest was like, uh, wait, uh, what, what, what? So, but also I think they're sort of painting Eclipse as a devil of this season or, or this show right now. Um, and so all of these kids have to go through their own like little, they have to face their own little fears and, 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 and then they still have to face their own little issues. Ben has to face hers. Rick has to face the Grundy problem. We still had to get uh, Jake Garrick in. We have to wor- worry about the shade. And then there's the Shadowlands where Dr. McNider is stuck. And like, there's a lot of things. Yes. Okay. So I'm hoping that Cindy meets Dr. McNider and was like, your cell phone still works here. Let me try to call somebody else. Let's, uh, um, yeah. Somebody else? Cindy has no one she can call. Everyone around her is dead. Look, 411, the Dugan house. I mean, yes, the Dugans are everyone's. Like, and if I lived in Blue Valley, I'd be like, let's call the Dugans. Like, why? I don't know. It just feels like they are the only ones that care. So let's call them. They should be like, Barbara should be like mayor. They should be like, yeah, they should be like the Powerpuff Girls with like this big phone that just like rings in the mayor's office, but it's the Dugans house. I mean, I don't, I don't think anyone else in this town even like comes close to what Pat and Barbara are doing. So yes, in um, in this was a fun episode of a really really circular conversation about Yolanda. Uh, but I I think um, and I think Lyra agrees with me on this one. I don't want to end the episode without uh, really giving a shout out to Yvette Monreal who did a great job as Yolanda's like. All of her um, emotions, like, like it was, uh, Jolanda was going through a lot. And mm-hmm. the acting was absolutely believable in every moment of, like, sometimes I, 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 I watch teenager, teenager-y kind of shows, and the acting is not always as believable for the crazy things that are happening. Yeah. Um, and I think on this show, the acting is always spot on. And then um, in this particular episode, Yvette just, like, stole the show. And then she had really good support from the uh, everyone else playing sort of like what they are. Um, but she got to play with much more depth than um, some of the other characters have gotten. Mm-hmm. So, because Beth and Rick do need a little bit of the depth that uh, Yolanda got this episode. And hopefully that's what they're getting next episode. Mm-hmm. So, yes, uh, I want to say thank you to Lyra for not trying to be Angie because Angie cannot be replaced, but for being can be replaced, even yeah. I miss her. Oh, we love you, Angie. And, love and you, you can visit 
StarGirlPodcast.com for all the latest news about the StarGirl show. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at StarGirl Podcast as well. You can subscribe to StarGirl Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. And while you're on Apple Podcasts, hit us up with some five-star reviews. Don't forget that we're part of the DCTV Podcast Network with podcasts for all the DC shows at DCTVPodcast.com. Follow the network on social media at DCTV Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Last but not least, subscribe to our mega feed on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. And if you have any questions or thoughts about Stargirl, email us at stargirlpodcast at gmail.com. See you later. Bye.